uh, just after dawn the next morning. Um, I think as maybe um, Nima and Rush were able to get kind of a, maybe staying, maybe they like stayed with a family or something. Um, oh, maybe the, the captain that's maybe going to take you folks out. Just they had a, the equivalent of a couch. I'm sure that not uh, medieval appropriate, but a little um, uh, piece of hay or something. I don't know. Is there a chance I could try to perform a ritual before we get going? Or do you want us to get going before we dig into that stuff? Um, yeah, like secretly, I guess. Yeah, because I think that Nima's plan was... Um, after this uh, thing is set off to sea, uh, to try to use a ritual to locate like where that where where it was like where it went and see if that jives with this dude's info with taffy's yeah with taffy's instructions or directions hmm um yeah uh so you want to do that kind of the night before you went out yeah so like theoretically this uh theoretically the what did you call it? the queen of the waves the queen of the seas the tide, the tide queen. The tide queen. So the tide queen has been put out, put out to sea, and oh no, they're they're doing it uh, at dawn. They haven't put it out yet. The idea okay. is there's going to be a whole flotilla, and everyone's going to follow her out. Okay, so yeah, if we discuss this, Nima's Nima's suggestion is we wait till this would have settled, and we use magic to find where this thing is, and then go there. And if this guy wants to tell us where that's awesome. And we could double check the stuff, but I, I say we act, maybe act like we're going to go and then say, nah, never mind. So we don't have to deal with this guy. And he doesn't think we're going on this adventure. Oh, the, the tavern bros. Taffy. No, no, uh, he left. He left. Okay. Yeah. Just to, uh, wants, uh, some payment if that's where it was. And we come. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, 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 uh, recap um he gave um rush kind of the secret um i don't know directions of on so they're going out past this island to Mm -hmm. drop the uh, tide queen off into the sea and then he said by this island is um like a hidden cove that you have to reach during like low tide kind of situation um but no one knows where it is except for him supposedly but this ritual is kind of the whole village kind of goes, gets into a boat, um, like a, you know, a huge flotilla of these boats and kind of, uh, send it, you know, off into the depths Oh, e- together. Even, even easier. And I think, I think we're not as far off as you maybe think we are. Nima doesn't want to take part in that. And she'll pretend that she's like just too drunk and can't. So she can do this ritual like later on to figure out where this thing went to try to find this cove via magic. Yeah. Like the problem after with... the thing, after the thing's been sent off. Um, so a couple things. Uh, um, so as not to, to make you not do this ritual, like people are going to kind of force you to go on this flotilla. If you don't, even if you're drunk, they're just like, well, putting the unconscious body there doesn't matter. But um, you can try to, you're trying to use that, ritual to view somewhere remotely right yes you can try to view the um the island that you know the cove is on to see if there's something that kind of matches up to what he was saying 
if, if you think that'll work better than waiting, my my instinct would be like, wait till this thing, which has something of mine in it that I could more easily connect to magically, um, to then check this guy Taffy's directions. Um, yeah, that's up to you. you um, how how fast do you I'm, want this to go? Do you want this to happen now, or do you want more stuff to happen and then a ritual? Yeah, they're they're gonna make you go on it if, okay. unless you do it during the night. Is what I'm trying to say. So she would she would prefer to do it later. So, okay, cool. So yeah, all maybe right, you're, all, you're all you're all like prepared and acting drunk, maybe, and they're like, "Oh, we told you not to drink too much," although no one told you that, and kind of just uh take you onto this boat. And um, yeah, we kind of hinted at it, but I want to I want to hear from um, Orlin like how the the villagers have kind of been treating you differently, not really like with animosity, but they were all very jovial before they saw you not give an offering. And now they're very cold, but like what kind of, can you think of, or give any details about what they've done that you kind of realize, oh, this this whole kind of mood has changed with them now? Kind of glances um, in this time period, there's like no uh, trash pickup or whatever. So like when people are throwing the trash out into the street or whatever, they're like narrowly missing me or not very much like with the trash from the party as I'm like walking the street. Um, and for Orlin, it's not necessarily things that he hasn't seen before because tons of these villages have various things and like it's really easy to get on somebody's bad side or an entire village's bad side when it comes to these like closely held beliefs although they're not as widespread like they don't bring in people from all over the world which is what makes Orland so nervous about this one uh or less nervous and more like pretty confidently uh unhappy and uh on feel he feels very unsafe but i think his concern now is like they wouldn't let him sleep anywhere so he wound up sleeping like he didn't even want to ask but he wound up sleeping no one invited him and he wound up sleeping like kind of uh just in the dock area uh back on the boat that we came in on he slept on some part of that and he feels more at home there anyway so it wasn't uh wasn't too bad but he's now afraid that these feelings toward him are not going to end well going out in the swatilla so he was hoping to not but just like with the having to go up there like it kind of seems like the case where you have choices in the moment but you don't have a choice whether you do the thing or not so he uh is pretty resigned to the fact that he can either die here because he won't go and that's going to cause a huge problem or it's really easy to get lost at sea so he's kind of on edge and ready to defend himself uh and just kind of try to be on a boat with the smallest crew possible so he's outnumbered the least and kind of stuff like that yeah and i think uh how that kind of plays out is that a lot of people are kind of avoiding eye contact and not and specifically trying not to uh talk to you at all and um eventually um what captain vero um the tavern friend who's um theoretically going to take nima and rush on his boat he kind of eventually kind of walks over to you and just like uh 
All right, I guess you're you're Russia's friend. Uh, I do have room on my boat, uh, but just very reluctantly, he's like, "Come, come on with us. You can't can't stay on the shore during green tide." But he, he is he is not very uh, excited about it, knowing that you were the one who didn't give the offering. Yeah, I yeah I get what's going or Orland gets what's going on. This idea of like this person is compelled to do it. Orland is also compelled by being here and neither of them want to do this. So, okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, actually with Nima is, is it, are you feigning like drunkenness or protest at least? Uh, no, I think once she, I think once she realized like, that's not going to work out, she'll just kind of like, um, she'll kind of hang out as if she's steadying herself on like a rail or something like that, or against like part of a cabin. And, um, uh, after, after 15 minutes has gone by, then she'll, she'll even stop that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the one benefit here of Vero ship, maybe for you folks, well, especially, uh, as Orlin was saying, um, it's going to be just the four of you. Like he has his, uh, his buddy go to some other ship um, who's normally his, this is like a tiny fishing boat kind of thing. So there was kind of only room for two people anyway, mm-hmm. but. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll okay. bring up my, my thought in a, in a moment. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And one, one thing you will notice as this kind of uh, everyone settles into whatever boat there is. Um, these boats are also very well decorated. Even the one that you came in on, which is theoretically from some other, you know, city or very far away. Um, the villagers have kind of, uh, done the, the, uh, those paper streamers and flowers and, um, maybe like bells and things like it's all very beautiful springtime kind of thing. Even the boats that aren't theirs that are theoretically going to leave after this immediately, but it's, it's very colorful and it's, um, very contrast to the, current weather which is very overcast gray even as the sun comes up in you know the beginnings of spring it's just very uh drab um might even be like a slight like cold rain as you as it's starting and then it kind of lifts up as everyone you know embarks but yeah i haven't heard from rush in a while how what's he thinking of all this if anything um, I'm trying to get comfortable. Boats make me uneasy. Um, I'm usually more used to like, uh, wooded areas, forests, a uh, couple of plains. Like I said, water makes me a little uneasy. Um, and so I'm just trying to preoccupy myself and occupy just not thinking about, or just floating in a two by four over, uh, <laughs> endless, you know, pit of nothing. Uh, so if I have like a deck of cards or there's a deck of cards on the ship and a hat, I'm just trying to toss the anything, just literally anything. And if there's any visual, uh, ocean, I'm trying to avoid it unless, you know, we're in more shallow water, kind of like at the beginning of where we were, but no, 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 I'm good with not being, if I can't see the bottom, I'm good. I don't want to see it. Yeah. And, and very soon you, um, everyone kind of this whole flotilla i would say there's like two or three dozen of these ships like there's a there's a good number of them um and the the 
I guess maybe not the biggest ship in the flotilla, but at least the uh, one of the bigger ones is carrying this uh, Tide Queen kind of upright. She's kind of um, roped up to the mast, maybe. So it's very clear. And she's like the leader of this whole pack. Um, yeah, I wonder... Uh, Oh, I, I did, you, um, Nima did say you wanted to, you had a thought maybe as we were going out, right? Now, did we have our own ship coming in or had we just hired a boat and we're just like I gotten passage on a boat? Yeah, I assume it was just passage. Okay. So yeah. So then in that case, um, what Nima is thinking is how much treasure could this boat hold that we're on? And she's, she's wondering that. And maybe she doesn't know the answer and uh, she hasn't had a lot of, she hasn't had a lot of conversation with any of these guys. And I think she'll say like, um, are these guys fishermen? Do we know that? Yeah. It's just the one. It's definitely a fishing boat at least. Right. Um, So she'll say like, why do you bring in fish for the whole village or do do you sell it to to others? Is it, is it huge nets that you fish with or, or lines? Like I've seen, men stand on the docks with. Oh, he kind of just laughs and he's like, oh, no, uh, there's many fishermen here. Uh, I'm just one of many. I I use a little bit of both. There's just the two of us usually. Nets is oh, easier, but depends on the season. So then you're, this boat probably couldn't hold vast scores of fish. Like, oh, scores for sure. Uh, depending on the how lucky I am, you know, we we bring back our our share. What if you were to? Uh, what about more passengers? Could could more passengers uh, could co- come with if they wanted to uh, wanted to to see, or perhaps a larger crew? Yeah, and he kind of um, looks around at his ship, and it's like, ah, uh, well, not much more uh, passengers than this, I would say, but. I could fit a couple more on if they're uh, scrawny enough. Hmm. Well, he's like, unlike me, and he just, you know, pats his big yeah. uh, <laughs> gas tank for a love machine over here. His gular uh, patch, gular yeah. patch. <laughs> I think Nima then will kind of go to um, Orlin and say, like, like you're a man who you're a man who knows the seas, and she'll get quieter and say, like. What do you think this? Do you think that this could enough. haul in? It'll fit enough. And uh, she'll she'll say like, "You think you could? Is this the kind of ship that you're used to uh, manning?" A little smaller, but um, fishermen worth their salt knows their way around most boats. This is no different. Ah, I would reckon me or a skeleton crew of any of these fishermen here could sail any of these boats. Oh, that's that's so. That that puts me at ease. Reassuring. (laughs) Yes, and uh, that that you could handle this. uh, That you could handle this boat if. If need be, oh, in case the captain, in case the captain gets it too excited in his uh, his drinking. 
and uh and yeah nima is just assuming like like we're just gonna kill this captain oh yeah yeah that's that's what nima is is just thinking like like uh, maybe maybe this, on the way back this guy doesn't make it back to shore um i think orlin will kind of just as nima is uh maybe lost in thought about this captain meeting their demise uh, as she's like starting to move away a little bit. Not that the boat's big enough that you're really going to get super far away, not out of earshot, but Orlin will just mention that no one has mentioned anything about the return trip yet. So I would not get too comfortable with plans. Oh, oh of course. Well, I'm sure we'll all be be plenty plenty tired from this from this journey and want a, a nice a nice warm bed yeah you're um you're not wrong um and i think uh as you go a little bit past this uh island you know it's you're like definitely out in the ocean you can still see the village you know back there although i mean it's with the weather it's like hard to see but you can maybe just barely see that the coastline now and uh, the island is relatively close, though. But um, hopefully, I'm describing this geography well enough. But um, I think this conversation is interrupted as a kind of it, maybe the children at first, but then kind of everyone that at least you know is from the village starts singing this song. And I'm not going to sing it, but I think I can paste it in here. Maybe we through editing magic we can add this uh, this song later. Oh, it it took the the formatting off so it's going to be really easy to read but uh uh yeah there's are you are you sure you don't want to just tell me to uh later on sing a beatles song yeah and uh, -huh. uh and give me that <laughs> give me that homework oh assignment yeah absolutely um oh and it cut some of it off but let me we'll just do the first uh verse of it and you can use your imagination but um yeah um Let's see, Austin, do you, do you mind reading that? Do you want to do the teacher thing here? Just read sure. that that last paragraph and we'll leave it there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll have to chastise all of you for uh, something, I'm sure. Weirdly <laughs> scratching your crotch in front of everybody. So, who knows what secrets dwell beneath the ocean vast and wide, or what became of those who tried to fight the turning tide. The night is dark, the storm is fierce, but nothing should we fear. Come round and light the candles bright, for spring is almost here. That's more like weird Jack Skellington. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think to contrast that, the uh, the song sounds very jovial, but um, as you keep listening, it's like, oh, these lyrics are, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. And then kind of everyone kind of uh, the boats kind of stop. They uh, kind of float together, you know, um, and yours is your boat is like relatively close to where this um, the the tide queen is, you know, and as they finish this song, there's maybe a four or five like strapping young lads and lasses that uh, undo the rope from the mast and kind of a uh, do a last heave ho and just kind of tip it into the ocean. And um, yeah, I'm curious about which one of you kind of watches it go down um, into the, the depths. 
I think Orland definitely will, but certainly I think more than one of us might. I definitely will. Yeah, okay. Well, I see those eyes disappear. Well, I hope you two are ready to make to play this game because now we get to roll <laughs> dice. Dun, dun, Boo! Dun. I'm going to read this little uh, rule for it. So, um, yeah, ruin is an indication of how much of yourself you have lost to the uh, forest or ocean in this case, including both physical and mental harm you've suffered. During creation, your rune starts at one, but goes up for each ritual. Then when you witness or undergo something harmful or disturbing, roll one dark die. So I did kind of separate it into colors. The purple are the dark dice. Um, if the dark die is higher than your current ruin, your ruin increases by one. And that's it. Pretty easy. So if you two could each roll a cool system. in a intern, I guess, um, one of these purple dice. I got a six. Yeah, that's that's not the greatest roll for that. But... Cool. So let's go to five, I guess. Am I gonna make it off the boat? <laughs> yeah, this is you're pretty pretty rough. Okay, good. So yeah, I think what happens is um Orlin, you kind of see this um you know, the woman kind of uh fall over and kind of stay for a second on like on the surface, then kind of just sink down. It kind of rolls over, but um, Rush, you get the uh, a glimpse of its face as it goes down. Ooh, don't and, like that. Yeah, just and as you recall, the uh, like the the black, lifeless eyes just kind of stare at you, and its face, like what they've made into a face, kind of twists into this like a uh, like anguish scream that uh looks like uh she's in pain or in you know fear like horror of perhaps being drowned and actually like bubbles kind of a you know come out of where this mouth is and you can tell uh oh i've killed i've killed this woman you kind of oh actually whose face does this turn into as it sinks down in here oh that's a great question um i will say uh it turns into it has to be female or just any face I'll say it turns into my face. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So, like, unmistakable. And yeah. So, yeah, your rune goes up one, and you get a condition. You put this into your, um, your character sheet under the conditions things, but your saliva tastes salty, and you find it dripping from your mouth and nose when you don't pay attention. So that's kind so of I'm for the rest of the game. just going to start spitting. Yeah, just kind of, like, salt water's just going to, like, kind of leak out of you sometimes. Don't worry about it. I'm not. And this is a to kind of give you, I don't know what the game's intention of this is, is kind of the, uh, the ocean kind of, you know, ruining you slowly, but yeah. Uh, Orlin, you're fine. Um, Yeah. And there's a, well, I'll worry about that later. There is a way to get rid of Ruin to lower it, although you can only lower it by one, I think, since it started pretty high. But this, um, maybe as we see Rush kind of take a step back and his his eyes kind of grow wide with whatever awful thing he's seeing, um, and everyone's kind of shocked back to uh, you know, the thing going on, 
the present um, with this thunder crack, like over the, like further down in the ocean. And uh, Vero kind of looks over and just, um, we all see this uh, like rolling storm cloud that's uh, coming in. You see like a, that rain wall, you know, uh, anyone oh, yeah. in, who's in Florida or has seen storms, I guess, uh, knows that pretty well. And it's like rushing, not like rush, but the storm is coming toward us very quickly. And uh, maybe Vero, uh, Captain Vero, just kind of a, just a bad sign that something was wrong with the offering. He's like, everyone, hold on. This is going to get rough. Should we be he- should we be heading back to shore? Absolutely. And he's he's already kind of uh like changing the sail around and everything. Oh, Orlan, yes. Um, we'll just take his one. He still hasn't taken the other hand out of his uh pocket, but he'll take oh, the one hand and uh like kind of put his collar up around like the peacoat collars are pretty thick. Um, so we'll put it around and like it's got a fastener, just a button in the front, um, and he'll cinch that and. Uh, and help uh, Vero with yeah, I some think, minor yeah. preparations. Yeah, I think he actually looks at you uh, kind of uh, urgently and just says, uh, I, I seems like you know your way around a boat. You might want to help do this and this other thing and this other boat term. And um, just grunt, just a grunt and a nod and Orlin is just doing it with like a bizarre quickness using only one hand yeah that's interesting and i think you you notice uh probably first and then the other two not soon after that something is weird about this storm this is coming up way too quickly this is awful this is the fastest you've ever seen a storm travel um maybe like the the water is getting very choppy kind of all the all the other boats in this flotilla are doing kind of the same thing like Let's get out of here. But could you, I think I'm going to have you do another roll here, Orlin. Um, um, can I, before I roll, kind of mention something as I'm seeing the conditions yeah, please change do. like to the rest of the group? Mm-hmm. Um, fishermen know this. You may not. It's very rough. Do not try to swim on top of the waves. If you wind up thrown from the boat, swim into the wave and come up for air. You don't have enough strength to swim against the tide. Oh, I love that. And you're kind of already like you kind of have to shout to get your voice heard over this, the wind and everything, and the the rain coming down. Okay. So, yeah, I want you to make a risk roll. So this is, I don't know if I told you, but that tab, the character sheet tab, the reference thing, I believe it has all these there for you. Try to tell you before that ruin roll. But, oh, okay. uh, yeah, so when you're attempting a risky task, declare what you hope will happen and ask the GM and other players what could go wrong. So what do you, this is kind of, you're kind of risking, um, it's kind of a risky behavior to help during the this quick onset storm, right? So what do you hope will happen here? I think Orland's hope is actually not that we make it back to the village immediately but is instead that with the rest of the flotilla receding we will be able to actually hunt for that treasure more easily Mm. uh 
away from the prying eye of the entire village. Oh, I love um, that kind of. So the idea is kind of to separate yourself away from the flotilla to get to this island un yeah. unnoticed. It becomes abundantly clear to Vero that Orlin is not doing things like to get back to the village. Like he's doing things that are helping them stay afloat and like work in the storm. Oh, it's well, like, I mean, ideally you oh, just get there. You don't have to oh, uh, okay. give us bad, bad parts because we're going to do that for you. In fact, so it's up to us, um, the other three people to, um, maybe in like a sentence or two, say something that could go wrong. Like you've already given a pretty good one, but let's well, see I, if we go with that. I guess I more meant just that Orlin is like, he has been the whole time. Like he's not, it, this is not subterfuge, like to people on the boat that would know it's very clear what's happening. It's not right. like he's no, trying this to isn't actually a be role. sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. So um, yeah, Justin, what do you think? I'll, I'll start with you going, keeping it clockwise, I guess. What, what's one thing that could go wrong? I think at least my fear is we start taking on water and the boat starts uh, not being afloat. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I think, um, yeah, um, I'll, I'll bounce off what you said there, Jacob, that um, Captain Vero is going to, you know, understand what you're doing and try to stop you. And Austin, what's what's the final thing that could go wrong? Um, an easy one is that one of the um, one of the jibs or something like that. <laughs> one of the kind of beams that comes out from uh, a mast is, and I assume this is kind of a smaller boat with fairly small masts and whatnot, but one of these things uh, gets loose, like a line breaks or either Orlin or Vero are trying to tie something down and it gets out of one of their hands. And so then this thing whips around the mast and uh, becomes a flying beam ready to concuss anyone that it smotes. Yeah, pretty rough. So knowing what can go wrong now, um, what we want you to do here, Jacob, is to make a dice pool. So you want to take, do you think um, any of your skills from your background or occupation um, could assist you in what you're doing here? I think so. I do have voting. Oh, I mean, yeah, that skill. makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, as long as one or more of them. And fit. leather. So yeah, I think, yeah. I'm, I think I'm good. Oh, so, this yeah. guy over here. Yeah. So you get, uh, oh. if it's, if, <laughs> if it's uh, one or more, you get one of these light di dice. Um, you can take another one for accepting a devil's bargain. Okay, so this is another uh, round robin kind of thing that we get to do. So un unrelated to the thing we just did, but kind of similar. So devil's bargain is when you perform a risk roll, GM or any other player can, can offer a bonus light die if you accept this devil's bargain. So this is something that's going to happen no matter what. Like uh, if you succeed or fail, this is also a thing that's going to happen. So some examples are causing unintentional harm or collateral damage, losing a piece of equipment or treasure, gaining a new condition, betraying a fellow treasure hunter, or attracting unwanted attention. And if anyone has a suggestion, let us know. So this is a thing that he's going to have to deal with or that is going to occur no matter what. Yeah. So we're the first thing we did was what could go wrong if he fails. And okay. this is this is absolutely going to happen. 
but they're suggestions. So we don't have to do them. It's just if you can think of one. Hmm. And essentially it, it can give him another die roll. So it's better to take them than not, but it is up to Jacob in the end. So let's see. Um, does anyone have any good ones? Maybe, maybe something valuable gets lost. We haven't established what a valuable, what we have per se, but maybe something valuable gets lost in some way or another. Oh yeah. I like that. So you lose something and maybe uh, it'll be up to Jacob to tell us what that valuable thing is. I think maybe a good devil's bargain would be maybe uh, like this boat's going to be destroyed. Like it'll be enough to take you to that island and that's about it. Like you're going to have to repair it on the island or something to get it or just make the swim back to uh, the, the coastal village over there. And then uh, Justin, do you have one or... Yeah, I don't. No problem. Those are optional. So, Jacob, now it's up to you. Do you want to take one of those two devil's bargains? Um, let me look at the way these odds work. I didn't get a chance to. So you're trying to get a six. With uh, the highest die yeah. only. Okay, so it's not a combination. Right. So um, the uh, the more chances, usually the better. But yeah, um, also can can be hard. Yeah, uh, I think I'll take the devil's bargain to lose something valuable. Yeah, cool. So then add another light um, die to your pool there. And uh, then finally, add a dark die if you're risking your mind or body to succeed or if you're doing a ritual. So yeah, it seems like, uh, especially as we kind of describe this beam coming loose, you might be risking some some harm here. So throw a dark die in there too. Unfortunate. Hey, uh, not too bad, not too bad. So you got a six as your highest. Yeah, so but because it was the dark die, don't I uh, gain a ruin? Yes, indeed. Uh, if it's if it's higher than your current ruin, which I mean, six is the highest. So I bet it is. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not dead yet. So it's definitely and higher. Also yeah. one, one rule to point out here is that as long as your dark tie, isn't the highest of the dice you rolled, you can try it again, but you can't now because your dark dice, the highest, yep. but, um, so a six is great. Um, best thing you can do, you get a full success. You're going to describe how you succeed. So exactly what you want it to happen, you get to tell me, but you're also going to get, get a condition here. So you go ahead and do that, and I'll tell you what condition you get afterward. Okay. Uh, and we do lose something valuable too, right? Because the devil's bargain is yeah. guaranteed. Good point, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm thinking, thinking to do this um, successfully. The only way to kind of control the ship without just straight up disabling Vero from being able to do it himself is to disable 
the rudder. So we're just being carried by the wind, which is coincidentally uh, taking us to the island. So it's a, like the boat is still functional and it's fine, but we will have to row back ourselves. Like we won't be able to use the wind unless the wind is assisting us. So that was just the way to, that's the valuable thing that's lost is the rudder on the boat and the ability to control it. Um, and uh, otherwise Vero would have just been able to, short of one of us killing him or hurting him somehow, like he would have been able to uh, just keep pushing us back somewhere else. Perfect. And I think uh, as you kind of are, uh, I don't know, going toward this uh, island, the rocky island, you kind of feel these uh, raindrops hit your eyes. Um, just, you know, the random rain is just going in your eyes and it's like you keep wiping them off and then you realize, oh, wait, I haven't, I haven't been blinking. That's weird. So your, your condition is you find it nearly impossible to close your eyes and you can't remember the last time you blinked. All right. It's pretty fitting for Orlan, I think, with his watchfulness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as this storm kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do blunks. So I think as he, as the, the storm kind of rages all around you, you're very easily able to go into, you know, toward this Island, as you see everyone, uh, the rest of the flotilla, like go back to shore, maybe a couple of them capsize, like it's pretty rough. Um, Nima, Nima in mm -hmm. this process is far from happy about what's going on. Um, the way she wanted to do this was to use magic to double check to see if this place was indeed where we should go. And the fact that we're heading in this direction now, she is not pleased. She can't do anything about it because she doesn't know what she's doing to work this boat. So she's kind of just like along for the ride at the moment. And it's like, okay, well, let these two guys do this thing so we don't sink. But I don't, but I'm not happy that this is where we are. So she's, yeah. Yeah. And this, this, um, this storm is like, even too rough, like you couldn't even probably help if you tried. You're like holding on like for literally dear life to uh, like netting or the the rail or something like the side of the boat, you know. Um, and in fact, as the the storm kind of carries you into this island, you're noticing very quickly the rocks coming up that are they look like disgusting, like black spines coming out of the uh, the ocean, you know, we'll be dashed to bits. Yeah, essentially. Um, I think maybe one like goes like you, uh, like hit the boat hits one of these like sharp rocks and you can hear it scraping and breaking planks underneath you. And I think, I guess I'm going to keep it with Nima. Like, how do you survive and get to the shore? Um, how does she personally or the whole of the, 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 the crew here? Um, yeah, what do you think? Do you help them out too? Um, I think a combination of selfishness and she doesn't know how she would uh, prevent her. No, she would just focus on trying to not die herself. Yeah. So how do you do it? Um, you just her, like jump out or? Her thought is going to be like, as we're kind of going towards this to, as she's like, hears some of this to try to like get 
up on top of if there's like a tiny cabin or like climb up something. Um, just because at first it feels like things are coming from below the ship. Like they're piercing literally, as you said, through the hull of the ship and scraping and grinding. So her immediate instinct is to try to clamor up this thing. And then um, once... Um, once the ship is kind of slowed enough, I think she tries to just like jump on one of these big rocks. Yeah, no, I love that. And I, I'm not going to make you roll for that. I think you just kind of cling on to one of these as the storm kind of goes over and you see the ship kind of keep going, losing, you know, bits of it as it goes and rush. Same question for you. How do you, how do you survive this? And do you um, help the other, the other folks? Uh, I will say probably first, uh, there is a panic mode, um, but seeing the others um, slightly panicking, there's, you know, there's an instinct where I would rather help the others make sure that they're okay as well. Um, I don't want to say Rush has a death wish, but if he died, he wouldn't be too upset about it. So these other folks might think differently. So I want to make sure that they're okay. Make sure I'm not thinking about there's nothing down there. If there's nothing down there, but black and nothing and nothing and nothing. And I'm going to just die and sink down there. So I'm just trying to simultaneously help keep my mind occupied. And then survival is like on the third piece of that. Mm -hmm. That's my if priority. I, if I can interject just a slight bit, uh, Orland is not panicked at all. He's like, he looks like more energized than anyone has seen him yet like a very like uh uh kind of manic excited energy oh i love that yeah so yeah um so you kind of just swim to shore too right rush yes after everything is said and done i will doggy paddle my ass to shore yeah and then um he specifically made sure that you were okay, Orlin. Are you uh, swimming as well? Um, I think maybe, uh, Justin, were you wanting to help out Vero as well? Yeah, I would try to help out Vero as well. So I think Vero is looking at Orlin like a mad, like the madman he is, like at this point, like kind of the way he's looking, like bloodshot eyes from not being able to blink them in this like <laughs> massive storm and Orland's almost like riding it like um like riding the boat like he's uh almost like lashed to it in some way like he's like mm. like full of this sense of like this boat is gonna make it and like I'm like the ocean is taking me somewhere um and so vero's just looking at him like he's completely mad and i think uh justin hell or sorry um the uh rush? Uh, rush yes um uh kind of gets vero's mind off of like that madness aspect i think maybe and like back to focusing on his own safety and then uh orlin isn't like wanting Vera to die necessarily either. So I think Orlin like maybe shouts a few, like over the din, shouts a few things to Vero, uh, like orders essentially, almost like he's now the captain of this vessel. Mm. 
and uh, tells him to like jump up on the like edge of the hull and hold on to like the uh, the rigging um, on like the starboard side let's say like a specific place he's telling him like go to the specific place and that will be like the safe uh spot and i think vero uh just kind of jumps to it because he has no other <laughs> uh real ability to do anything yeah and justin like um i'm sure helps orlin in some way uh maybe like uh hands him some rope or something uh some uh or a way to control the sail um go ahead or sorry uh rush yeah sorry yeah no i was gonna say probably help with that or maybe try to despite my eyes try to like say like okay you need to turn left or we're starting to capsize or you know just trying to whatever oh, yeah, i can yeah. while i'm trying to not throw up oh yeah i like that so maybe uh orlin like where he's standing he can't actually he's got this big rope like maybe around the mast or something or because he disabled the rudder so it's this kind of like uh free-for-all type scenario but maybe he's uh, uh maybe rush is calling out like the hazards so people can be prepared for like where the ship is going to hit a rock and stuff like that so they're not like in that spot or uh or things of that nature and so Orlin is kind of standing in the the rear portion, like where he disabled the rudder and is told Vero like to get to a certain safer spot and is just like riding the uh, riding the ocean uh, in, and the storm into this island. Yeah. And I think uh, to sort of zoom this along a little bit, um, you're able to avoid these, you know, um, these treacherous rocks and such, and maybe the uh, you kind of beach the uh, the ship or the boat, I guess, up on shore, and then the storm is going wild. So maybe you uh, between between you what three, um, kind of push this boat up to kind of use it as a makeshift shelter for a little bit. But this storm is like getting worse. There's like um, you know bolts of lightning everywhere. It's a uh, huge wind and uh nemo what what is what are you doing as you see them kind of uh on the shore here maybe i think she she's just yelling like like we have to get away from these rocks we have to get away from these rocks yeah you see them all all like on the beach do you do you try and uh, stick it out on the rock no um she's also trying to head inland away from gotcha. away from the rocks right so you kind of uh like swim out onto the shore with the other folks right she's not crazy about the idea of swimming at all in this situation of like crazy crazy tides and crazy waves amid these jagged rocks that doesn't sound like a great idea to her if she could no, yeah <laughs> if she could go from one of the rocks to the other that'd be better but the odds are that won't work and she probably will have to um yeah that's uh I feel that's riskier than the others. I might make you do a risk roll for this. Sure. So do you remember how that works? Uh, no. You first say <laughs> what you what you hope will uh, will go, or what you hope to do or accomplish specifically. I'd like to safely get uh, inland. 
I'd like to safely get to uh to a calmer shore. Um, Justin, what do you think could go wrong if she fails or doesn't so, do this completely? I want I want like a little bit more detail. So what completely like uh Nima? So Nima, what's Nima specifically doing? Because I don't want to say something generic like slip and fall or just you know not service, that kind of thing. Yeah, she's her thought was her her thought right now is like, oh, if we if I jump into this water, I'm gonna be kind of like bashed around against these rocks by the undercurrent and that kind of stuff. And right. so from her from her perspective, she is gonna try to get to onto the shore, onto the beach, um, in a much more where it's much more calm from her perspective, um, without just jumping into this water, which she thinks is a bad plan. Right. So she's okay. gonna try to either like when the water pulls out a little bit, like try to get like quickly scramble to the next rock or even hop from one to another. Okay. So I think in doing that, things that can go wrong is she could definitely uh, over jump, fall, bump her head. I assume there's coral. She can get scraped up. Um, she could definitely end up on shore. Definitely worse for wear if she doesn't get knocked up or knocked up, knocked out or pulled out. Yeah. So get kind of, she a, gets a baby scraped up. Yeah. Scraped, scraped up, up baby. One. <laughs> I uh, I think I do have an idea now. Yeah, um, go for it. Uh, which is you, Nima makes it to shore, but quite far away from the rest of us. Yeah, separate it from the group. Yeah, this isn't directly related, but I think uh, maybe if you fail this, uh, the the tide is way worse. It's gonna like flood this whole area. Like you're kind of bringing the water with you supernaturally, perhaps. So, yeah, now you get to to assemble your dice pool. So, Alrighty. do any of your skills uh, relate to whatever you're doing? I am going to go out on a limb and say no. Okay. Um, I'll double check here. Could I be appraising which rock is most valuable as a safe place? Ooh, that's a definite stretch, but uh, I'll I'll give it to you. That's okay, a, that's a good use of these skills. You're kind of they're kind of meant for that. Okay, I'll alchemically turn the water into dry, <laughs> safe land. It's a wine. Oh, whoops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, does anyone have a devil's bargain you want to add? So again, these are things that are going to happen no matter what. So that's not like not something that if she fails, it's like even in the best situation, it's going to happen. Would it make sense to lose the ability to do a certain ritual for a period of time as the devil's bargain? Ooh, maybe like what do you mean? Like a like um like as a sorceress you have to be able to Oh, maybe oh to to maybe tell or suggest something maybe like uh there's some kind of component or something that she really needs and she loses it and has to find it again yeah yeah i think that's uh yeah that kind of thing yeah that could be interesting that's a good devil's bargain um i'm gonna try and do one too so you have some options um i mean i love these conditions maybe you just are gonna take one of these conditions no matter what 
as another devil bar devil's bargain. So do either of those two um, sound like one you want to take on? Uh, I, I like the one that Jacob has. Uh, I like the idea of like losing something necessary for a ritual because this kind of harkens to her being a sorceress more. Yeah, that's very cool. So that's two light dice. Yeah, dice now. And now mm -hmm. let's see, are you risking yourself? Is I guess we did say you get, could get scraped up, but um, yeah, I don't know if you're going to be. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be that risky, I guess. Just some scrapes and stuff. I think you can survive pretty well. I won't uh, what force you to do this dark dice. Six and a four. Oh, that's great. Nice. All right. So, yeah, six is you get, you get what you want, and you can describe how it happens. So All right. You, you did get the uh, devil's bargain, though, remember. So that, that'll happen some no matter what. Oh, that does happen. Okay. Um, yeah, we see this boat scraping along. Eventually, you guys apparently are pulling this thing onto the shore. And as that's happening in this pouring rain that's just coming down in sheets, Nima is waiting for um, the the waves to kind of, what is it, ebb when it goes out? Sure. Every time it ebbs or every time it goes out uh, and it kind of recedes a little bit and she can see more of these rocks, she tries to like clamor up them. Even if she's like ankle deep in water, she like almost twists her ankle a few times. And I think um, we see her like... Uh, she was wearing, like I said, she had kind of those like long sleeves. And I think by the time she gets to the shore, some of that is already like torn up and like scuffed up a bit. And she kind of flops herself down on the, um, on the sand and kind of like, uh, like army crawls for a second, just catching her breath to slowly get out of the water. And, um, she like, sits there for a minute just catching her breath and um like trying to regain her composure and before she like looks up to see where she is in relation to everyone else um and my question for you is does she realize immediately she doesn't have these components for this ritual uh up to you what do you, what do you think hmm It's way more interesting if she doesn't realize it just yet. Sure. So yeah, maybe we as the audience see them like floating away on the waves. Like a yeah, there's like a pouch that she that she has, and uh, maybe it even has that same symbol that the signet ring had on it. Mm. It's like oh, like yeah. off to the side, so you can tell this is hers. It's not just a random pouch. And uh, yeah, but she's just kind of like like getting her bearings about her to figure out where these guys are to try to yeah. find them. Yeah, and I think so one thing that happens is you kind of stumble over this uh you thought it was a hill but it's actually like a a rowboat that's kind of been a uh, sort of hidden on the shore here. Like you there's like a net that's obviously some sort of camouflage it's like soaking wet now. You maybe get caught in it for a second and you have to free your leg from it. And you see um when you take that off um there's all there's like a backpack and maybe some like scattered supplies in that which is weird. You can um I don't know if you keep that or not, but then, uh, or leave it for later, but then you can see just a, a little bit of ways, the, uh, chip over there that you can rejoin your friends or companions, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, she'll just take that bag. 
Yeah. And you just look through it and it just looks like a, a lot of supplies. Maybe someone was going to stay here for a few, a few days perhaps and left this year. There's like some food and cheese and stuff. Yeah. She'll try to make as much of a mental note as possible of where this boat is. Yeah. And then I think everyone's reunited. Now we're all under this, uh, this boat that's kind of giving you shelter from this rain as it, the storm kind of goes on its way and you're probably there for, you know, hours like waiting for this. Um, and you kind of have a moment of reflection. I'm going to ask you all a question. We are probably going to end on this, right? Um, so I'll, I'm going to give you two questions and you can kind of, uh, decide which one you want to answer. I'll put them in into the chat too, but, um, they're going to be what conference, Comforts do you miss from home um, in this wild place? And what luxuries will you spend your gold on when this journey is finally over? So you can pick which one of those two you want to answer. I guess I'll start with um, Jacob or specifically Orlin. Okay. As you're waiting for the rain to kind of die on, down, you're thinking of this. Orlin, I don't think has known what comfort is for a long time. So to him, there isn't really a, and maybe the concept of home even is a bit of a stretch for him. He feels at home on the sea. So I don't think he's missing any kind of comforts. And so I think in terms of the luxuries that Orlin would spend the treasure or any money he does have on, when the journey is over would be I think something as simple as like a one or two person catamaran of his own that is kind of like top of the line like it has these technologies that make it better um maybe harder to disable a rudder uh on this uh new boat or uh or something of that nature and uh, that idea kind of gives him some um, something to kind of keep going for um, to be able to keep traveling the seas, but in a way that is all his own. Yeah, I love that. Um, same question to Rush or choice of question. I think I would do both. Um, I think the comforts that I miss are, I would say Rush probably has a uh, an old dog that uh, gives him companionship because, uh, you know, kids and the wife live uh, far away. So it's just kind of me and my, my cabin in my forest. Uh, miss that. I miss the sound of birds that aren't calling at me. Uh, and the crashing white noise of waves is actually quite unnerving. I'd rather it be crickets or, you know, a nice low winds and rustle of trees. Um, luxuries I'm going to spend my gold on. Probably just a nice bottle of whiskey and the rest goes to them, to the wife and kid, kids. And how about Nima? One or both those questions? Uh, yeah, I might blend them together here. I think Nima's sitting there um huddled under this little boat or in the corner of this thing and we're 
uh, as we're trying to take shelter from this crazy rain and it's, uh, it's cold. She's maybe like shivering. Um, and she just is like thinking about times where, um, she had taken comfort kind of for granted at, uh, Castle Durin, at, uh, at Castle Durin and, and spending, spending time there, uh, in her, uh, when she was a little girl in her father's dying years and like kind of being near this big, these big hearths with all this, like with all this food and kind of all this stuff. And she just thinks to herself, I'm going to get that back. No, I'm going to get back what I deserve. Oh yeah. I love that. So then again, I think the uh, camera kind of pulls back. We see uh, just Orland's unblinking eyes, the relative dry under the ship, but still uh, we catch a uh, rush, just wiping some water from his mouth, just as he can only taste salt. Keep going. We see the, the storm just still churning just right offshore. Um, although maybe dying down a little, perhaps, hopefully. And then I think we see the uh, kind of the shore of um, the village and maybe half of those ships are making it back finally. Not a lot though, a lot of wreckage. And then um, I think we just hear like even over the, uh, or I guess barely over the, uh, the sound of the storm, these, uh, that same song that we heard as the, the people dumped the, uh, the tide queen into the, the ocean. Mm 